0: I say that story is sacred. Story is a sacred thing that we have as human beings, right? And I don't mean that in any religious sense of it. I mean, I mean, in that it is of the, the value and importance that it has to us as human beings and understanding ourselves as human beings, it's freaking sacred. And the problem is, is that it's not being treated as sacred by so many people and so it gets stomped on right it just gets reduced to it's great content right and stories like an afterthought
1: this is way of the artist with brandon
0: colby cook and evan schulte exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art
1: We are doing a podcast today and this one is actually, this one I would say is a pretty important topic that maybe doesn't get discussed enough these days, but there are people talking about it and we're not the first, but hopefully we're not the last. Uh, what we're talking about is how just, it, it, I, I mean, maybe this branches into all areas of art, but we're talking a little bit m- more focused today, at least on like cinema and television and streaming and media content essentially. So what we're what we want to kind of venture into today is this whole idea of content. And we got to create content. People want content because now we have people who are always on their phones, always watching something, some type of video on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, and then we have these streaming services like Netflix and Disney and Amazon and so on. And people just are consuming content at a rate that has never existed before. Mm -hmm. And you can literally watch shows all day and it could probably take you years to get through, you know, maybe even longer to get through all the content that's out there because, yeah, especially if you're willing to go back in time and look at old stuff that you haven't seen. But right now, a lot of these streaming services in particular, they work on the fact that they have a big enough catalog of content that you will stay subscribed to their services. Same with YouTube, for people to be an influencer or to have a channel that ends up having subscribers and followers and likes and all of this, they need to create content content content. So there's this demand from the social media side to just create content regularly. And the same with these video on demand uh, streaming services like Netflix and Amazon and Disney, they need a catalog of content. The problem is, is what happens is it waters everything down and it creates this kind of bland, um, I almost say tasteless experience of a lot of content. And what happens is we we just want something to consume, but we've seen all kind of the, the hit stuff, the best stuff. And so we get into this watered down, uh, these watered down things. And the problem is also... I think one other big issue, and I'm going to pass this off to you in a second, Evan, is the way content is being created moving forward. There's not enough care put into the actual storytelling, character development, and essentially substance of what we're doing. My final note on that is I think that there is a opportunity here for those of you who are in storytelling, or if you're a screenwriter, a novelist, uh, filmmaker, anybody who who wants to tell stories, there's going to be an opportunity for you now more than ever to stand out amongst this watered down crap. But this is where we're at. And this is what we want to talk about. i want to talk about why this exists and how to, how to, how to look at it
0: and just probably ask some questions and explore it. So your thoughts, Evan? Oh, I've got many thoughts. I've got many thoughts. There's, I mean, I think the fact that we're having this conversation and and other people are having this conversation as well and identifying some of the the problems that we're seeing right now particularly within a lot of the sort of produced content especially from yeah streamers and and you know big studios whatever it is we're beginning to see a certain kind of problem and I I I most directly sense that problem through the fact that so much of the stuff that I I do watch and see, whether that's movies or television and streaming shows, whatever, is that the more is like the, nothing really leaves a, uh, an impression. Nothing really leaves a mark. Not necessarily that the thing is bad, but it, it's just nothing sticks. And I think that you can probably partially place the blame on just the amount of stuff that's out there right just the the sheer volume of stuff that's out there that that can sort of do that watering down effect that you're talking about but i think that there is also a watering down effect that's coming out of a weird sort of switch that's happened within within how how these shows are are being made now where it's not so much like you know we kind of came from a time where where you would have directors and producers and writers and whatever approaching and I'm not saying that this doesn't happen still but the, that was the primary way in which it things got made was that you would have these creatives coming to you know these these productions and, and these studios and whatever saying like hey let me pitch you this idea right people coming with a with a passion and, an, and a vision for something right and it would get greenlit based on that and there seems to be a sort of a switch now where because of this whole thing of content we just need content and you see all of these different studios and companies vying for all of these different kinds of particular kinds of content right? Okay. We need, we need to put some action movies into, into our, our library. We need to get a medieval fantasy series into our library. So it's like, they have all of these things that they just want, you know, like a checklist of, of types of, of things that they want to give their audience and then sort of just bringing in people to, to make it happen for them. But it's, it's that reversal in how these things are where these things are born from, I think is a really important one and is why there's there's almost this hollow feeling to so much of the stuff, why it doesn't have that sticking thing. And one reason why I do think that this is also starting to change is that even some of the companies are beginning to acknowledge that there's a bit of a problem. I just recently saw that one of the heads of Netflix, they recently just they, they just announced that they're cutting down the amount of movies that they're making per year. Like they, like last year it was something like they put out 60 movies or something like that. And they're cutting it down to like half of that. I mean, you could argue and potentially someone who's more well-versed in the ins and outs of what's going on there. Maybe it's, it's a financial thing that's partially driving this, but they were at least talking about it in the sense that, yeah, like the stuff, A lot of the movies that we made, they kind of didn't need to be made, you know, like what, what's the real urgency of these stories other than we need to put content out there as opposed to what's just a really great fucking story, right? Which is really what it still all comes down to, you know, and that, that question of Stanislavski, you know, from back in the day, whenever they, whenever a script was brought up or, We should do this play. We should, we should do this. It was like, okay, well, well, why this and why now, right? What's the big questions uh, that, that bring us back to what is the origin of storytelling? What is the meaning of storytelling? What is its, what is its essential function and importance? Right. And, and I think it's about coming back to, to the soul of things. We've lost some of the soul. Of, of things. And I'll just say one last thing and I'll hand it back to you because this word's come up a few times in here and I'm sure it will a few more times, but content, the word content. And and I want to talk about this in the sense that even our language reflects part of the problem, right? Where it's, we're not talking about creating cinema or creating a a story or or building a building a legend a myth uh you know something we're not talking about things in that in that very creative and soulful kind of way we're talking about it as content like you know that word is just to me is such a soulless word in so many ways it's just like content is like saying stuff we need stuff you got some stuff all right, give me that stuff and we'll put that stuff out there. Right? Like it's 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 there's a, a serious disconnect that's even just in the in the wording and how ha- and we all use the wording. And there's a part of me that I am so conscious of it, even in the last few things that I've been saying, and that I really don't want to use that word anymore. So that's my opening uh <laughs> opening statement. Yeah, good opening.
1: Well, I agree with you. I think I think our language is a huge part of the problem. The way that we look at the world right now, we it's one of those things. I think you know, you don't you don't you don't realize it until you start to experience it. And because you start to experience it, then you start to initiate change. I think what's happening right now is we're in a stage where we're essentially just experiencing the the fallout Of being very surface about our approach, and you know, and and you know, some of us, well, that's not my fault. I didn't do anything to create that. It's like, well, it's not anyone's fault in the sense that it's just the way that things moved. Like, you tend to go through these ebbs and flows in life, where you have a golden age, and then you have kind of a, a a stage where that that kind of it's essentially gets broken down into nothing, and then it's like. It, so it has the golden age as the high value. So if you look back at like cinema, the golden age of cinema, there was only so many movies that were made and every movie that came out was a big deal. It was massive and like, like it had movie stars and whatever. And what happened is, is the digital age came in, digital cameras, you know, the accessibility of independent film. It got watered down and they call this the the long tail, right? It's like more and more content, more and more media could be made could it be distributed? Could it be shared with the masses? Well, that's a different argument and different discussion. But the point is, is that as the digital camera and digital filmmaking became accessible at actual possibility, it changed the medium. Also with video on demand and, the, and moving away from the theater into the home and having these movies literally streamed right to you, changed the way in which we engage with our media. Social media has had a massive impact on us because, you know, you just didn't have a phone in your pocket all the time. And, and people who are young, who are kind of like you grew up and everyone had a phone, like Evan and I grew up in the 90s, you know, and we didn't have a phone. And, it, and when you had a computer, a lot of the time, if it loaded anything, it was really slow. So the accessibility to just like consume content wasn't just like the, the flip of a thumb or whatever. It was like, I have to wait to do this. And it's like, is it worth my time? And in that time, you had time to think about it. Mm. And so if something was shitty, you were like, no, this is a waste of my time. I'm moving on. And so you had a higher quality or higher, uh, you had higher quality because you had higher standards. I think what's happened now is, is part of what we all have to do is recognize we have lower standards than we should. And we actually raise our standards up. And, and what I'm doing, you know, so like, how do you do this, Brandon? Well, I don't know, but I'm I'm learning. And and what I do is I'm turning off social media, putting my phone down and really when I'm when I'm looking at something going and and just going, am I really getting anything out of this? Is this at my standard of what I want to actually take in? And imagine that you can only fill yourself up with so much in a day. And if you wanted to fill your, if you fill and just imagine this, if you filled yourself up with only quality, high standard, awesome stuff, you you would be happy, you would be joyful, you would be passionate, you would feel fulfilled, all these things that you're really after. If you fill yourself with crap, crud, just like garbage, low end content, you're gonna feel shitty at the end of the day. You're not gonna feel fulfilled, you're gonna actually feel empty because it was all empty content. And if you begin to engage with content differently, I'm not saying that it will necessarily change the world immediately, but it will change how you deal with the world. And this is what's going to happen anyway. People are eventually going to find out that, and, and and a good word I can put for it, it's not giving you any nutrients. It's like media that's not giving you anything. If you used to go back in the day and watch a Shakespearean play, put up on stage, you would be fucking filled with character and story and you'd be enriched and you'd be talking about that probably for the next week or the next month or year with everybody about these performances and this play that was done by this guy Shakespeare and blah 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 like it's this, it used to be like that kind of in the 90s when we used to watch a movie you'd go to a movie a hit movie would come out you'd be like have you seen this movie holy shit it was so awesome there still exists that now the problem is, is we have this big watered down content list that's out there, right? And um, I heard an interesting stat. They said that, they say that statistically, people are m- spend more time searching for something to watch than they actually do mm. watch something now. How crazy is that? So you have a video on demand streaming service, you spend are, like... I don't know how they're measuring this. I don't know exactly how this is going, but there's there's, there's beginning to see a, a a certain amount of searching is done more than actual watching of content. And I think this is because we're sifting through all this crap yeah. to try and find something that's actually worth watching. So, um, yeah, and I think that here's the thing. The streaming services are recognizing this uh, you know, they're losing money. People are canceling subscriptions. People are, people are not being fulfilled out of the watered down content. I think that if anybody who's running a streaming service just happens to listen to this or this conversation ripples into anything else, I would hope that you would look at it and say, you know what, instead of us being the, like every other streaming service that's just trying to put out content, why don't we just put out really great stuff? I would bet that your service, even though it has less content, will do better than all the other streaming services because it will stand out. Because this watered down crap is part of what is, you know, and the agenda. I mean, there's other things too. Like you're not doing anyone any service if you if you, if you you try to say hit an agenda on crappy content. So for example, you want to represent women or minorities or whatever. You, they got to still put them in good content. It's not just about getting them you know, getting minorities into content. It's about getting them into quality content because, and and here's the last thing I'll say, and we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Women being represented in film is a big thing right now. And I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And I was talking about this 10 years ago because I had my, my classes were filled with female filmmakers and screenwriters and stuff. And I said, I was ahead of my time. I was, and I told the, I told my classes, I say, women are going to be, the forerunners in the film industry. It's going to happen. I could see it. I was so fucking involved with it that I could see it coming. And when women create content where it comes from the heart, beautiful stories get told because women have great stories to be told that haven't always had a place. But if women get put in crap content where it's like, oh, we just need a woman to play this role because it was like what a man did it's going to be garbage. You're, you're you're actually cutting them off at the knees and you're making women not look as good in cinema when there actually are a lot of great actresses that can lead. Sigourney Weaver Aliens is an example of a masculine type movie where a woman lead fucking is awesome, but it's a great story. It's, it's fucking captivating. It's an experience. The problem is, is you got women in leading roles where it's crap content and it's not an experience and no actor, woman, female, whatever could save that shit because it's just not good content. So anyway, uh, man, I I could go on and on and on. Let me pass it on to you again. Do you have any
0: thoughts coming up? Oh, I mean, I've got, I've got loads of (laughs) loads and loads of thought coming back to something you, you had mentioned about people spending more time just looking for something to watch than than watching stuff. I mean that that's that there is also to me that's an illustration of of you're just creating crap, right? Because here's an ins- like like it's it's actually a crazy thing when I hear people say, like if you if you have any of the streaming services That are out there. If you have Netflix, if you've got Amazon, you've got Disney, whatever it is, if you got just even one of those things, you've got enough, you've got enough stuff there for a lifetime to watch already. And it's only getting bigger every single day. And when I hear people say it's like, oh, there's nothing to watch on there, it's like, well, it's not true. There's tons of stuff to watch on there. Tons. Just and and almost unfathomable amount of stuff but the problem is is that there's just not really stuff that people want to watch what are they saying yeah what are they yeah it's, what are they really saying? yeah what are you really saying it's like it's like yeah you're the problem is is the classic is the classic quantity over quality kind of a thing and where it's just like yeah you're just just putting a bunch of shit out there is not Is not necessarily the right business model, right? And I think that there are people who are starting to figure this out where take for example something like HBO, right? And HBO has a reputation that as far as I'm concerned, they still hold for putting out great stories, for for doing great productions. And that's how they have staked their reputation in the business is that we do quality over quantity everything that we put out there is has a certain level of 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 something to it of real genuine substance to it we will not put out anything that's just garbage we will not just put out stuff just for the sake of putting stuff out there right i mean maybe some of this new wave of stuff that that's going on has crept in there a little bit but to for the most part i think that they still have for the most part preserved that kind of reputation and that's why people love hbo right because because they know that there's sort of a a filtering process that's happened (laughs) through them right whereas it seems as though for a lot of of these different streamers it's like kind of this attitude of doesn't matter it checks the boxes of the thing that we're looking for so we'll make it and we'll put it on right and and another thing that comes to mind is you know i used to watch rewatch movies all the time and i've actually started getting back into rewatching stuff again simply because you know at first i was like no 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 there's so much new stuff being made like there's no reason for me to go back and and re because there's so much new stuff but now i'm going it's like but hang on so much of the new stuff is is it, it leaves me feeling so empty inside you know i was just thinking about Forrest Gump yesterday, <laughs> I mean, one of my, and just thinking about it, I thought, you know, that movie's got to, is easily in my top 10, easily in my top 10 movies. Like I was welling up thinking about that, that scene, just like that line of, of, of Forrest when he, he's talking to Jenny at the grave and he's just like, you died on a Thursday, you know? And I just went like, oh my God. God, like I just like like hand to chest. I was like, oh my god, that like it's such an incredible story, and it felt like stories like that were were more commonplace. It's not that there wasn't you didn't have filler kind of shit that that came out there. I don't want to pretend like this is some sort of new phenomenon. It's just that it's just that we've we're just in in an avalanche of shit. You know that that just is missing that that soul quality of of just the beauty of telling a story and people who are passionate about telling a story that that they've they've fought for you know that they believe in right You get that sense that like so much of the stuff is is that we're seeing right now are projects with people who just believe in it. You know, who who it's been their dream to put this thing out there? No, you don't get that sense. You have that sense of just like, oh cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, let's do a let's do a sci-fi series. Cool. That's it, you know, like everything's just sort of cool. Let's just do something and cool is so superficial. You know, it's not that that you can't have cool in something with substance. Like they, it's not an either or situation. They go together, but It's got to have that beating heart of, of, of care and passion in, in it. And I mean, that's why I'm fine. I'm revisiting movies again, which is something I used to do all the time. you know, when we didn't have that easy access of streaming, like you said, when you actually had to go somewhat out of your way, whether you were going and renting a movie from. An actual storefront or you actually had to go and purchase the movie when it when it came out on dvd or blu-ray like that was something that you you went out and you put you put cash down for this thing specifically because you said like yeah i saw that in theater and that thing did something to me that story that that experience that that had an impact on me and I want to come back to that thing because there's more there, right? And so often that is the case when you rewatch something that's, that's truly terrific to discover all of these little things that you didn't catch. And, and so I'm, I'm engaging in that process again, just because I'm like, yeah, give me some, I need something to fill that sort of emptiness of, of sort of the media that I'm intaking. Over the last number of years yeah well it's it's interesting i
1: I do think there's a bunch of things that came up for me there. One is there is a bit of an emptiness that's going on for us in life, and I think everybody's experienced it throughout all of time is this part of us that's just like we're trying to we're trying to satisfy something that you know we just feel alone and we feel like unloved and not good enough and that's going on all the time for everybody in some some way some form some degree some of us have it better covered some of us have ways of distracting ourselves better or or we are very goal orientated or whatever and we have ways of avoiding those feelings but at, deep down at the core every human being feels that to some degree and and content <laughs> if you want to call it that is all of the time we're using that to try to satisfy this void that's inside of us. And we're trying to either distract ourselves from it or we're just trying to process something through it. The thing I love about storytelling, particularly in my younger years, my teens and why I got into filmmaking and screenwriting and acting and all of that stuff was because when I went out and saw a great movie and, and, And there was a bunch of movies around this time, like 1999. I was about 16, right around there. Not to date, Marshall, but I was about that. Anyway, uh, Fight Club came out. Fight Club was one of those movies that honestly didn't walk out of the theater going, that was the greatest movie I've ever seen. I walked out and for two weeks I walked around going, what the fuck was that? What did I just see? What happened? And there was like great moments, but I was like, "What, what happened? Two weeks later, all of a sudden a ball dropped and it was like this is the movie of our generation. Like, I don't know if I necessarily said it that way, but I was like, this fucking hits home in a deep way. And then for the next fucking like 20 years, I was just like trying to process what the hell I saw at 16. But I wanted to to, to give people, like back then for me, going to the theater was this place of solace. And I used to also play ice hockey and going to the ice rink and skating around was this place of solace. And I feel like, There is a certain element of that. To me, it was a very high degree, but to everybody, there's a certain degree of we go to the stuff for solace. We go to the stuff for a certain sense of fulfillment or completion or answers. And storytelling, the reason why this is passed on from generation to generation forever through everything is because story is such an important part of our lives. It's everything. It's meaning. And so when you give content without real story, without real experience, it's like it, it 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 feels like the problem didn't get kind of impacted i've walked out of the theater before and i've been changed as a person that's a great storytelling experience that's like fuck that filmmaker those screenwriters like the they the director they they did something and it changed how i look at the world and how i see people and how i see myself so there's that and there's one other thing evan I just had this thought and I want to throw it in there because I'm sure you'll appreciate it. Video games. Video games have become a little bit like content too. So many people just making video games and these companies churning out bullshit. And then when a game comes along and there's like some care put into it and it's not even, I I want, and I had this realization as you were talking, I was like, you know what? Story is probably 90% of, like maybe 80% of like what we're talking about. But there's this like certain percentage of it. Just show me you fucking care yeah. about what you're doing. Um, and if anybody wants to kind of go down this road and look into this, there's an independent game, which I love. It's on Steam called Project Zomboid. It's very like retro looking and very whatever, but you basically you're a survivor. You can be anybody you want and you survive the apocalypse There's a bunch of zombies roaming around. You can create these, you can add these mods into it and change it and make it anything you want. You can make it like, if you want it to be like The Walking Dead more, it will be more like that. If you want it to be more like something else, like the shoot 'em up game, it'll be like that. You can change the difficulty levels. You can level it and do all these tweaks to it. The point of this game, which I appreciate so much, is it doesn't really have this great story narrative that's driving it. But what you can tell is that there's care. They they do little details. Like, for example, you don't have to do this in, in the vanilla game. This isn't there. But if you want to get, if you want to make it more realistic, you can kind of measure and keep track of how many calories your character has, how many proteins they're getting. They can they can become obese if they eat too much food or or they they physically can become really thin. If they don't have enough food and you lose your strength, if you become really thin, like there's effects and impacts on this. You can't run as fast. You can be a smoker. You could be alcoholic. You could all these things that can happen. And it's just like, if you want to play one character, that's just like a superhero, strong fit person, you can do that in the apocalypse, but you can also play that weak person. That's a smoker. who has a bunch of, a bunch of flaws and it'll make it very interesting for you. And you can play with friends and all of this stuff. And it's just a world. And then you have all these other people coming in and they're creating what are called mods for the game and adding different things and changing the game. And get, you don't have to use them, but you can use them. And there's just this community of care and involvement in it. To me, that's a fucking enterprise. That's fucking cool. That's, that's something. So yeah, story, probably 80, 85% of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But there's this like, 20 15% 10% maybe 30% of just do you
0: care and show me you care. No that's a that's a great that's a great point and you know I this is a movie that I bring up from time to time on historically on this podcast and whatever other people might think about it uh, there's this great little movie that uh, came out I, I don't even remember when in like 2010 or something I don't know called Adventureland uh jesse eisenberg and kristen stewart and i remember watching this movie and it really surprised me i i wasn't expecting it to be what it was when i when i saw it and it was this little movie that left a mark on me and was it a perfect movie was it the most blow you out of the water kind of a a movie no it wasn't but the thing that was That was so terrific about it is that you could feel how much care was put into it into that story and telling that story there were people who were really trying to tell this this coming of age tale right that that occurred in the in this place and you, you could feel it through and through in it from how it was written to how it was it was shot and directed and and the the person who made it but also the actors like it was like you could feel everybody just really bought in to yeah you know what there's something real about this right and something that you had said just really sparked something for me in terms of you know talking you kind of picked up that whole thing of the emptiness you know and i i sort of finished things off on on more of like a an emptiness that i had been feeling just in the last number of years from just the the kinds of content that i had been consuming and you it kind of expanded that into a greater human thing the this this greater human i suppose we could call it an emptiness I also think of it as maybe almost like a longing as well you know this this part of us that 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 is yeah looking to be filled right that we that we walk around with on a day-to-day basis and i i had to write this down just so i didn't lose the thought but i wrote story is supposed to help us meaningfully fill that emptiness and longing not contribute to it Mm. right it's story is a way in which we we help it helps us to understand ourselves the world the universe our place in it it's maybe the most important thing that we have in that understanding right because story is about how we actually experience things its not me writing off our objective understandings of the universe but when it comes to how do we experience it that's where story comes in that's the power and 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 meaning of story and in that sense i say that story is sacred story is a sacred thing that we have as human beings right i don't mean that in any religious sense of it i mean i mean in that it is of the the value and importance that it has to us as human beings and understanding ourselves as human beings it's freaking sacred and the problem is is that it's not being treated as sacred by so many people and so it gets stomped on right it just gets reduced to it's great content right and stories like an afterthought right? Story is sacred. And I think that if we hold that more closely and, and, and more dear to our hearts, we start to make better stories again, because we understand that these things aren't, these things have such a, a vital role to play in, in our lives that it's, Like it, there, there's, there's almost something in a, in a degree shameful about treating it lightly. You know, even in telling a light comedic story, it's like, yeah, but don't, don't throw it away, right? Don't throw that thing away. What are you saying with this story? What's this whole thing actually about? How are you feeling that emptiness for people? And not just giving them shit to distract themselves with, but how do you actually help this person feel that emptiness that they feel and give them perspective on it or give them something to fill that thing meaningfully, like real, as you said, like real nourishment, right? Like really good food, not just some garbage that's just going to pass through them, right? But something that will actually nourish that thing. So... That's, I've got nothing after that. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's
1: good stuff, man. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think there is a certain amount of, story requires certain things for it to really flourish. And it's like ingredients. And I think that there are different ways to go about the same thing, but ultimately leads us back to ultimately the same things all the time. And, you know, one thing that I'll throw in there is like character flaw, impediment, character impediment, this type of thing. Impediment, uh, you know, something that impedes the character from their life being as easy or as flawless as they would like it to be. Here's the thing. We all, if you push yourself beyond your comfort zone, you're going to experience your impediments. You're going to experience your flaws. And sometimes you don't become aware of your impediments and your flaws until after the fact or until later, you don't even know that you're impeded and you don't even know you're flawed. So you're in a relationship and then someone breaks up with you and you're like, what the hell? I thought everything was good. I, th- you know, I love this person. I thought we and you didn't realize that like the way you were was somehow flawed and, and, and there was impediments and also that they were flawed. And they had things that they were working through that have nothing to do with you. And these social dynamics, they're they are not always obvious and they're not always easy to understand. I think one of the great things about movies in particular is they give us a chance to watch other people have impediments and flaws and we get to see ourselves and we go, you know what? I'm kind of like that. That's kind of me. So uh, we were talking about this before the podcast started recording and I thought, you know what? This is worth bringing up. Tom Cruise is arguably in my opinion and I don't even think it's just my opinion I'm sure a lot would agree with me one of the best if not the best action hero of all time now I don't care what you think about Tom Cruise whether you like him or not or who you think he's a person it's all kind of irrelevant but Tom Cruise as a as a as an actor who's made choices on the films and the stories he's done he's He's hit a lot. He's had a lot of hits. He has done a great job, and he's been entertaining. He's been fun to watch. He's been charismatic. His action sequence has been incredible a lot of the time, and his drama performance have been amazing. I'll mention a couple: Rain Man, Jerry Maguire, just a couple to name. To name, there's probably more that we could think of. But the point is, is that one thing about Tom Cruise which I don't know if this was by accident or on purpose, but he does a great job at flawed character and character arc. So if we use examples from some of his great movies, one I was talking to Evan about was like uh, Days of Thunder. So is a was a knockout. He's a driver who's driving these NASCARs and he doesn't really understand like, tire wear and how to drive a car he's just a good driver who got an opportunity thrown into the seat and now he's in this position and he has to kind of learn and figure it out and he's kind of this naive guy that just happens to have some talent and some skill and a kind of courage about him then we take like top gun also another uh big big movie for him and he's dangerous he's careless he's got a massive ego and that needs to be sorted out throughout the course of the movie one more movie, Rain Man. Just drama, but Rain Man. He's this guy that is is hurting and flawed in because he like hurt hates his father, doesn't understand his father, and he finds out he has this brother that he never knew about. And then, he, in the in the story, he learns this whole lesson about humanity and love and actual connection, and not just being. and, and He's kind of a he's not a great dude in the beginning of the story. Here's the thing. Movies seem to today a lot of them just seem to fucking blow right past that whole idea. Like let's just have the character start off fucking great. And it's like, where are we going? It's if if they're starting off perfect, this is a tragedy because tragedies are the only only stories that start off with the character as everything together. It's it's we want a heroic story of someone that overcomes their challenges, that changes, that evolves, that has an arc, that rises to the occasion. Why? Because all of us are fucking flawed and don't feel like we can live up to our dreams and our goals and everything we want. So when we see a character fucking figure it out and overcome themselves, that's nourishment for us. Because it says to us, hey, maybe I can overcome my shit. Maybe I can work it out. And also you might see a character and you might realize, you know what, their impediment, their flaw is the same as mine and I'm seeing them in the beginning of this movie and fucking up their life and, and how, and, and problematic. And I saw how they changed. Maybe I can change the same way this character did in this movie or this TV show. And I can step into my light and, and maybe I can stop being so, you know, whatever that's holding me back in life. So great story is also a great mirror and, and Crappy content has nothing to look at. It has no mirror. It's like you're looking into a fucking void. There's nothing coming back. You can't see yourself in it. It's nothing. It's just distraction. It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the, you know, I feel like we're hammering a point. (laughs) At least I am. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a point worth hammering home because I think that for those of us who care, the artists and the people who are listening to this, they care. And they're like, I want to be a good storyteller. I want to be a good artist, a good painter, a good video game maker, or whatever it is. And this is something that Evan and I have really kind of like locked into. We're like, yeah, look at that. It's it, content needs substance. It's, it can't just be the shell and the content's like the shell, but like you can't just fake it because you, you too, put too many fucking empty shells out there. People crack it open, look inside and they're like, this is sucks. And, and people are going to get sick of it. And I think they are.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, the pendulum always, the pendulum always swings back the other way, right? Just coming back to some Tom Cruise stuff, because, yeah, it's interesting. Like, early in his career, you see a lot of, like, he did a lot of really, like, he did dramas. Tom Cruise did a lot of dramas. Yeah, he did action movies too, but... You look at some of the, the, you know, you mentioned some of them like Rain Man. I mean, Days of Thunder had action elements in it as well, but you know, I think of a a movie I used, I still love because I watched it recently, but Cocktail. Um, And you mentioned Jerry Maguire. I was thinking Vanilla Sky, uh, that movie he did with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Magnolia. You know, even though he was a smaller role in that, the thing that I have such respect for with Tom Cruise is that exact thing that you're talking about is care like he cares like he's he's i don't think i've ever seen him in a movie that he's just he's just throwing it away like he just he's phoning it in as the expression goes in the acting world or and and in a lot of other places but he's never just phoned it in and and i have such tremendous respect for that even if it's not a necessarily the most fantastic movie although i would say that the amount of duds he's been in pretty few and far between, Mm -hmm. but you look at even his more, you know, where he's found himself more recently in his career, which is more as the action star. Right. And he's sort of, I mean, in, in a way he sort of pivoted in his career to just like embrace that. Oh, okay. Like I'm not so much that, that young dramatic actor or younger dramatic actor that, it was this seems to be the thing that that i fit now is this action star and he takes it not seriously but he he is he cares so much about it where you look at you know namely you think of like the mission impossible movies that have that have been coming out you can tell that he is such a driving force behind those movies because people go to see them because he cares about them being done in a certain kind of way. You're not necessarily that the stories are you know blow your mind with with originality, but they're they're still effective stories and and in the context of an action movie there's this importance like no, I'm doing these stunts. I'm doing these things because I care about this not just being some shit that you can just go and see something like this on on a streamer <laughs> you know it's like it's like we're gonna do stuff that nobody's doing right it's still today which is like that that the i think that that's really one of the big things that attracts people to those movies it's like i just want to see the crazy shit that he actually did in this you know the actual great stunt work that that happened right and that's a level of care and understanding what he wants to give people as an experience when they come to see this. So, I mean, my my hats are are off to to Tom Cruise. I mean, I'm I'm interested in seeing where his career goes, you know, as as time progresses because I would love to see him in some more in some more dramatic type of type of roles again because, you know, he did he did some really really great stuff Mm -hmm. did some really great stuff yeah yeah
1: well yeah you know i think the other thing too is with tom cruise i mean you know you can you can go well there's this actor who does that and whatever i don't think that's the point i think the, the key thing to understand here about what we're talking about is that certain stories promise certain experiences if you're going to see a drama it's going to do something different for you, what you're going to get out of it, than an action movie or a horror film or something like that. If you go to see a horror film, like if I go to see a horror film, if it moves me as a person and I have some kind of like internal shift, I'm like, that's a bonus. I wasn't expecting that, but I didn't go to the movie for that. I went to the movie because I wanted to feel fear and creepiness and eeriness and something. It had a promise of something frightening about it. Now, there are those movies that sneak through the cracks which are kind of this different thing and they kind of bend the genre or or you know they they live somewhere in this realm which is hard to describe but those are anomalies they're they're and they do exist and they can exist and there are probably ways and you could you know you could argue that there's certain types of filmmakers or storytellers that know how to live in those areas but for the most part we we fall into certain things we fall into you know drama, comedy, horror, thriller, um, and then action, right? Generally, and then you could say, well, it's all the, it's a kind of a subgenre, but it is kind of its own thing. Um, sci-fi or fantasy is is a couple you could almost say are the sixth and seventh, but they're really subgenres. But if you look at like for example, let's just use sci-fi for example. So horror, you want to be scared. Drama, you want to feel emotional. You want internal depth. Action, you want excitement. You know thriller, you want to be in mystery and suspense and all of that. Um, But like with sci-fi, what you want is you want a world built and same a lot with fantasy. A lot of these are about building the world. And so the promise is different. It's, you know, so you got to look at it. I think when we're talking about content is the content fulfilling the promise. And I think what the problem is with a lot of content is not fulfilling the promise. And so what happens is you feel empty because you're like, I came for this promise to be fulfilled. And it was like, imagine someone said, yeah, you know, show up at 7am tomorrow morning, I'll be there. And then you went and you showed up and they weren't there. You would be fucking annoyed, wouldn't you? Well, that there's a promise, right? And, And this content is like that. And so it's maybe it's 90 minutes that we're watching a movie for, or maybe it's a few episodes of a TV show or maybe it's a full season. And if we don't get the promise that was kind of what we expected, we walk away and we go, yeah, like I, I spent the time doing it and it gave me something to do, but I don't feel good about it. It, it feels like the promise wasn't met. And so like, I would say a big part of this conversation is Can people deliver on the promise and also not just deliver, but can they exceed your expectations and also give you something that you didn't expect as well? Because I feel like that's where great movies live and great video games and probably great everything. They live in the realm of giving me the promise and giving me this extra thing that I Mm -hmm. didn't know I was gonna get by going there. And that's what makes me walk away and go, you know what? I saw this movie and not only was it fucking creepy, but it was fucking like good too. (laughs) Like it was, you know, and what's that extra thing, you know? And I think as artists, we need to be looking at that. We need to go like, what's the promise that I am, by doing what I'm doing, what's the promise that I'm satisfying? And then what's that thing I can kind of, kind of sneak in there. And there's always room. There's always room for everything. It just might be one little thing, but just try to, try to look at like, what is that, what is that little extra kind of quality of care that I could put into this that maybe people wouldn't expect that would give it that little extra, you know, wonder uh, about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I mean, I know we're probably getting close to wrapping up, but like, do you have any thoughts on
0: that? Yeah, I think it's, there, there is an, although I think that, that there can be, there can definitely be some what's the word that i'm looking for there there can definitely be some traps with with approaching something with with just trying to deliver on like it's like okay well the fans want this and the fans want that and the fans want this right and and i think that's something that's important to keep in mind but i think that as you said like the part of the expectation is like oh but you also need to give me something else too right you got to give me something i i don't expect because if you don't then then it's just derivative and and who gives a shit right and yeah particularly i think that you know you brought up fantasy and science fiction like they are particular subgenres that where world building is is of particular importance because it's really about bringing people into it, but that's not fundamentally different than any other genre. Like it's and any other story, like you're always trying to bring people into this world. The only thing with with fantasy and sci-fi is because it looks a little bit different. You know, things the the rules, not all of the rules of of physics and the and the laws of of our world apply. To that world and so that requires a little bit of a that requires a little bit of an extra something else there that's I, I don't necessarily want to get into it but yeah there there's a but that's also part of what we're looking for it's like yeah i, I want you know that's part of what fantasy is it's like it's not it's not exactly like where we are now but i think that you still need to, there's still that level of, of humanity that has to enter into the storytelling, right? And, like, even if your story takes place amongst robots and aliens or elves and dwarves, right? Like, there's still gotta be something in that story that i connect to as a human being and something that again is filling that space right that that okay but what are what are we saying about what are we saying about this you know what are we saying about life how are we using this particular genre as a catalyst to say something to me right to to say something broader about about our connection right to whatever you want to connection to what right but there's in the deepest sense it still has to fulfill those things right there's the promise that that yes you're an expectation that you're trying to meet with your audience but there's also the other thing that has to be fulfilled as well which is your obligation to to story itself you know and i'm almost i'm i'm you know coming back to this thing of of that's that's part of that sacredness it's like i'm almost seeing story as this thing of it's not just like story is i don't know how to put this i don't have the words for this at the moment i know that they exist but it's like story is almost this entity, you know, it's a living entity and there is, there is a promise that you have to deliver to that entity as well. And, and yeah, I I maybe need a moment to like collect it and maybe I'll have something for my closing thoughts here. So why don't we just talk about this beverage we've been drinking and then we'll go from there. So should I, I, I guess yeah. we're drinking the goddess golden ale from Persephone brewing company in Gibson's British Columbia. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that we've had this one on before, but they're a local, local brewery and they do fantastic stuff. And it's Wonderfully drinkable, good flavor, easy to drink. Got anything else to add, Brandon?
1: I'm enjoying it.
0: It's a good beer. Yeah, I think
1: we, we... Well, one of us has definitely had it before. I've I've had it. It's a good beer. Yeah. Goddess Golden Ale by Persephone Brewing. Um, okay, well, look, I'm going to say my final thoughts and then pass it on to you. Um, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. If you, if someone, you know, if you're listening to this and you've tuned into this, you know, this episode with us, I appreciate you, especially if you've gone from the beginning to the end to listen to this, because I think that we're in a time where artists are, they haven't, they have an opportunity. I'd say there's always opportunities that present themselves, but there's these unique times where opportunity presents itself in a certain way and if you can kind of if you can kind of see it or look into it you can you can move in before everyone else does and you can be ahead of the crowd and so i would say you know to any of the artists out there if you have a story in your heart and something that something that's meaningful like, like something that you want to do even if it's just something you want to create whether it's a story or a piece of art or a piece of music or something and you're looking out there and you can see what we're talking about, where you can see this kind of empty shell content, this kind of vacant stuff. I think you can you can look at that as going, you know what? We need substance and I'm going to create substance. And instead of being a content creator, why don't you be a substance creator? You know? And I'm thinking of this in terms of, you know, maybe you won't get the rewards right away. Maybe, maybe it won't get you back the immediate return. And maybe that's why a lot of people are just creating content because, you know, I was trying to get my followers and my subscribers and I'm trying to make a buck here and I'm trying to keep enough people subscribed to the video on demand thing or whatever. And, and so can you put aside your material gain, your You know, can you put the business of what you're doing aside for a moment and look at what you're trying to actually offer and look at what you're trying to actually give and do. And you know what? I mean, look, maybe it's a bit idealistic to say, Hey, like, you know, um, create great content when all you need to do is create simple crap and you can make just as much money. You have to find a reason as to why you would want to put care into something, why you would want to put extra, even though you might not get no material, no material gain, no, no benefit, no, it's not going to offer you anything personally, at least not in the short term, but to do it because you actually believe in that. I want to be somebody that puts something into the world that actually like, Matters. Now, here's the thing. This is, this is where the payoff comes, I believe, whether you, whether you get material gain or anything immediately. When you're on your deathbed, looking back at your life, if you did a bunch of empty crap, I think you're going to be quite disappointed with yourself. I think part of the reason why you got to put the care in now is because there's going to be a day where you're going to face your final day and you want to look back on your life and say, I fucking gave it a go. I gave it a shot. I tried to say something. I tried to do something. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But I fucking put my heart into life. And I think you'll be able to lay on your deathbed if you did that and you'll be quite content and quite happy with the life you lived. It will be a fulfilled life. I think the worst thing you could ever do is end up at the final day and be like, I didn't live. It was an empty shell of an existence. So content is a and it's in and of itself is empty. It's up to you to fill it. So I would suggest to all our listeners and everybody out there, myself included, let's fucking fill it. That's, that's what we come to. That's why the world needs artists. And, and I think the way of the artist is about not just about what are you going to go do, but how are you going to do it? And why are you doing it? And, and Evan and I are having these conversations, but care about the how and the why we care about that stuff and you know even if we're one voice in this fucking massive content creation of all the podcasts and all the content out there and it's only a few people who listen to us and even if these conversations are just for us i'll walk away from each of these conversations and go you know what i did a little part to try and fill the void and i can be happy about that you know as opposed to doing some fluff podcast that's just about you know what's hot right now let's talk about that like you know what this podcast isn't just about that for me. It's it's about fulfillment and and I never did this because I wanted a bunch of people to listen to me talk. I'm I, I so appreciate that anybody does, but honestly, like it's it's about maybe somebody hears this and you're better off for what you want to do because I always looked at it that way. You know, I mean, even from the initial conception, is that man I want to remember these conversations because they mattered. And I think about myself at 16 when I was like just lost and trying to find my way. And just if 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 there's a 16 year old version of me, whether you're 16 years years old or not, but you're in that position I was in then, if you're hearing it and it's giving you some substance, some answers, some clarity, some depth, then that's the whole point of this for me. So it's beyond content. This episode is beyond content. It's it's about like, and you know what? I don't know if it worked, but it tried. And I can be happy with that.
0: Yeah, I was. I was just thinking about this conversation in the context of of this podcast as well as you were, as you got into it because I've never, I don't think I've ever at any point since we started recording our conversations ever thought about what we do as content. I, I've just never thought about it that way. I've always thought about it as conversations right conversations and dialogues and hashing shit out and you know everything is always just something that i feel a personal sense of meaningfulness and curiosity about that we've ever talked about and going into it and discovering seeing what's there and i don't know if that's going to have meaning to somebody else but i you know i think this is part of being an artist is that you that's that's all you have to go on it's like well this is meaningful and important to me to something real and true about myself so i'm going to go this way and maybe somebody else feels the same way maybe maybe someone else thinks the same way or maybe someone else is wrestling with this thing as well and by sharing it expressing it in in the ways that we have available to us maybe that connects us somehow maybe maybe we learn something together through this process right but it's never about content you know and to me it's 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 like to almost to to call it that feels it, it makes me cringe just a little bit because, it it feels diminishing to me. It reduces things too much. And again, I'll I'll come back to this thing of you know, for me personally, I I I i want, I want to try and reduce the how I use that that word. You know, content. Not it's not a complete mixing of it because I think it it certainly applies to certain types of things. Certain types of things are like, yeah, that's just content. But that's exactly my point is for me, I go, it's like, yeah, it's just content. It's just stuff for the sake of being stuff. It's just stuff for the sake of being there, right? There's no sense of fire, no sense of urgency, no sense of soul to this thing, right? That doesn't mean that there aren't people who are trying their fucking hardest to to inject that into the things they're doing, but it's, it's obviously a very tough thing to do right now. But I do think that we're going back to, to a place where that's becoming important again, right? We are, our, I think our, our culture and our world is so, is so starved and hungry for someone to say something, you know? for someone to to say something real to us. And there's little signs of that everywhere, I think. And the last thing I'll say is 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 because for me I'm I something I'm really walking away with is a sense of like, oh yeah, story is sacred. Like it really really truly is and I think we would be well served to treat it as such, like just think of how do you treat something that you would consider sacred and don't not, you don't you have to be a spiritual religious person whatsoever, but just think about that word and how do you treat something that's sacred to you, right? Do you get that sense of this thing that you're doing or the things that you're seeing? i think that that's it's an important gauge for us in terms of of moving forward are we treating this thing as sacred because i think that if we don't treat the stories we're telling as sacred i think we stop treating ourselves and others as sacred because i think story and humanity are that tightly tied together Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.